Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Have mercy, Lord God. Have your way in our midst. Good to see everybody. Hi. Good morning to you. Y'all look good. So to it's okay to tell me you look all right, too. Doing the best I can. I'm like the rest of the brothers up in here. <laughs> Amen. We love you all. It's a beautiful day in Christ. It's a good day to hear the word and to worship. Amen. And to be morphed into witnesses on behalf of our God. What is a witness? I'm just telling the truth and love about Jesus Christ. I'm telling people about he saves, he delivers, he liberates, he sets free. Praise God. So we have a story to tell, and we pray that we are empowered to better tell it as a result of the message today. So y'all pray with me. Y'all going to pray with me? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God for more blessings flow. You know, we're living in a cynical world. Can I get a witness? Very cynical world. It's, it's a negativity, doubtfulness, fear, you know, running rampant. There is a, we're cynical about our government and the governmental leaders. Can I get a witness in the house? We're cynical about authority figures. People are even cynical about the church. Amen, somebody. And uh, so we are in this place that the order today is to be discontent and disillusioned. And it spreads so rapidly because of social media and our ability to move information quickly and to disseminate it to so many people who are connected to us uh, in that realm until, you know, stuff spreads. Amen? Can I get a witness? Stuff spreads really quickly. And uh, this fervor, this passion, the, even the melancholy, the doubts and fears, they pass really quickly. And this text speaks to the fact that God wants to renew our mind and recalibrate our position. Amen, somebody. And we've been talking about, uh, you know, service, serving over selfishness, SOS. This is a distress call to reposition ourselves to be in God's will and as a result to obtain, to obtain God's favor, his blessings. Amen. We've been dealing with portions of the Beatitudes, the blessings of Jesus Christ and they relate to this. 
And this passage today is instructive about how to shake loose and shake off selfishness, self-centeredness, how to focus on the things of God. And as a result of that focus, there's some benefits and blessings that come. Amen. The old preacher, they would say, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tithe. And you gotta, you gotta give God the tithe and you gotta give God time. Amen. And uh, so I'm gonna reposition it and rephrase it to say that we need to deal with uh, money and minutes. Same thing. Money and minutes. If I'm gonna be of service, it's going to take some minutes, and it's going to take some money. Can I get a witness in the house? If I'm going to be of service, it's going to take some minutes. It's going to take some money. Service doesn't just automatically occur. It is intentional. And it takes a recalibrating, refocusing on the matters that matter. This is what Jesus is trying to get us to in this text. He's trying to get us refocused on the matters that matter. Further in the text, he talks about treating people right. He talks about, you know, this principle of forgiveness. Without being forgivers, we're not really in Christ. Uh, he talks about how we manage temptation and how we eliminate worry and how we embrace truth and how we engage in authentic prayer. Those are some of the things that are in the passage. That's why when we mention the passage, you ought to look at the whole chapter. Because there's a lot being said. Amen. So we don't want to take the text out of context. But whether we realize it or not, we, we spend a lot of our time dealing with money. Amen, somebody. Anybody working in this place? Raise your hand as you got a J-O-B. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So you got a job. So you're working for nothing, right? Anybody work more than 40 hours a work week? Put your hands up. You work more than 40 hours a week. You, you're not working for nothing, right? Hmm? So, so, so you're working for money. So work has to do with money. Amen. Uh, you know, I think it was songs or lyrics or something said we're living for a paycheck. Amen, somebody. So, so we need a paycheck. It helps to facilitate a lifestyle. So we think about money, we save money, we spend money, we invest money, uh, we wish we had money. <laughs> Amen, somebody. We desire money. We want it for various and sundry reasons. Amen, somebody. And so money is just this staple. It's, it's a part of our lives, right? And so this text gives us a warning about it, that, that money isn't neutral that it has this domineering quality. It, it, it can be possessive. You know, you think you're running it, it starts running you. You think you possess it, it starts possessing you. It, you think you're in charge, it becomes at large and in charge. So, so Jesus said, it is a competitor. Amen. It competes with him. Because what we do, money and minutes, determines who's the master. Money, minutes, determines master. Amen? And this text says that, that 
the master can become the money. So money can become the money master. Amen, somebody. And let me tell you something. A people, majority of you are who are out from the throes of slavery, Jim Crow, you know, segregation and the like, any, any form of oppression and degradation, you know, you don't like that term master. Amen? Don't nobody want no masters. Can I get a witness in the house? I, I, I ain't nobody's slave. Don't want to be a slave? Amen, somebody. Don't want to be a slave? But, but Jesus says that we can become slaves. Even in affluence, we can become addicted to avarice and greed and wanting more. Even the wealthiest people, they talk about, you know, I've overheard, they talk about the lifestyle. You know, wanting to enhance the lifestyle. So, so if I'm driving my Benz, I want somebody else driving my Benz for me. I want to start getting in the back seat. You know, if, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm in that Benz, I want to get to that stretch limousine. Amen, somebody. If I got one property, I want multiple estates, mansions, and properties. I want a more palatial estate. Amen. It's about the lifestyle. You know, why travel, uh, you know, commercial when I can buy a jet? Amen, somebody. You know, so, so the more we get, it seems the more we want. So, so money is not passive. It's not neutral. It's not uh, safe in and of itself. The word of God says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I didn't say that money was evil. I said the love of it. And so that means the mismanagement of it, the obsession with it. And so it, is, it can become a hindrance to our service. Amen, somebody. You say, well, I ain't rich. I ain't got much money. Well, in contrast to the world, you rich. As Americans, you know, we ghetto fabulous. <laughs> we in the ghetto, but we still fabulous. Amen, somebody. Somebody said, well, I, well, listen, I ain't never seen folk in the hood looking that bad. Amen, somebody, especially when they're out on the town. You know what I'm talking about. It's Friday night, you know, and we in the lights. You want what you do? I, do I need to say more? We fabulous out there, y'all. <laughs> that's not just an awareness. That's, that's how we roll. Amen, somebody. Looking good, smelling good. Amen, somebody. So, so we're into, you know, and, and guess what? Clothing in this text is established during that time. Clothing is a type of currency. Clothing, garments, is a, is a form of wealth. You know, so, so in this time, because people didn't have a wardrobe, they didn't have a closet full of clothes, if you had a closet full of clothes, it was a sign of wealth and prosperity. Amen? That's why the text says, look, you got all these clothes, some of them woven with silver, real silver, real gold, real jewels in this time. The most affluent and wealthiest people, they had these this phenomenal wardrobe that was, that was uh, this apparel that was opulent and, and, and costly, that is a sign of wealth. He said, and, and, the, and the scripture says that then moths come in and mangle and eat your stuff up. 
Here you are, a sign of your affluence, a sign of your wealth, a sign of your riches is your attire, your wardrobe. Amen. And now, Jesus said, that can be eaten up just by a moth. Amen. It can be mangled. So I can't wear that outfit no more. Amen. And we're all upset about the outfit, spoilage, and, and eroding and corroding. Amen. Now, Jesus said that do not lay up for yourselves treasures. Somebody said, well, I don't have no cash. Well, you got treasure. So the, the issue is what do you treasure? Amen, somebody. He said, don't lay up for yourself treasures. He didn't say exclusively money. Treasure is translated in, a di different, in different ways. Amen. Time can be a treasure. Promotion, a promotion can be a treasure. A position can be a treasure. Clothing can be a treasure. Computers can be treasures. You know, home can be a treasure. A car can be a treasure. Amen. We can have all kinds of treasures. Little, little kids treasure stuff. That's their favorite toy. That's my treasure. Amen. Don't take my favorite toy from me. I lose my favorite toy. I'm going to lose my mind. Amen, somebody. Somebody, you, you mess with my somebody. Marbles were kind of popular back in my old, <laughs> old school days. <laughs> you know, there was a fella in the neighborhood. He fight you about his marbles, dude. He take your head off about some marbles. Amen. I remember one time my brother, my, my twin brother, he had accumulated all his baby teeth. Amen, somebody. Put them in a little bottle. And he took those baby teeth, messed around, took them baby teeth to school. And the bully got hold of his baby teeth. Fred got that, that jar, that little jar with the baby teeth, got wrestled it from the bully. I'm talking about bully. This dude about two times taller than Fred. Had him up in the air like this, and Fred was beating him upside the head with that bottle about his baby teeth. Fighting about them baby teeth. That was his treasure at the time. <laughs> at the time, he treasured them baby teeth. <laughs> I'm just, true story, true story. That bully became our friend after them. After them knots, Fred put upside his head with that bottle. We treasure stuff. At a young age, we learn to treasure things. <laughs> well, I feel like Rodney, um, Rodney, Her what's that thing? Rodney Howard Brown? You know, he got the giggle spirit. <laughs> Anyhow, that's old, I'm, I'm on another story. Anyhow, bottom line is that we fight for what we treasure. It can be a relationship. It can be anything. What we treasure, we fight for. Jesus said, don't lay up treasures for yourselves. Not that you can't accumulate treasure. He said, but if it's just for yourself, I got an issue with that. Amen? I got an issue if your treasure is just about you. What you treasure, what you value, what you... Uh, uh, you know, attach it, a price to what, what, what you got to have. You know, you got to have that vacation. I got a problem if your vacation, your time, your position, your clothes, your money, your computer, your home, your job, uh, you know, whatever it may be, your vehicle, it, it, it's, if it's just about you. 
Amen. That's why you need to say, start saying, this is God's money. This is, this is God's house. This is God's car. This is God's wardrobe. I'm wearing, I'm wearing this, you know, for him. Amen, somebody. I want to look good for him. Amen. So, so we got to begin to deed over our treasure to God. Deed over. Give it to God. It belongs to God, and it really does belong to God, whether we realize it or not. We used his resources. We used his, what he's created to, 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 to develop it, praise God. We don't create anything. All we do is repurpose stuff. Amen. The concrete, repurpose. Wood taken from the trees, made into paper, repurposed. All we do is repurpose. Take some formulas and mix some stuff together, make plastic, whatever. We purpose. We repurpose what God has created. That's all we do. We can't create anything. He is the creator. Guess what? As a result, we should be thankful. And right here in this text, he's trying to give us life skills to overcome selfishness and to become selfless. To stop living for today and the foreseeable future. Most of us live for today and the foreseeable future. We don't live for the kingdom. Amen, somebody. We live for our acquisitions, our, our possessions, our stores, and our experiences. What we store up and what we can experience. In other words, we're living for ourselves. Amen. So he's saying, like, all the things that we live for and we try to, you know, attract to ourselves, they have an expiration date and they corrode and erode. So in this day, wealth was garments, these clothes decay. You know, these valuables, metals, golds, whatever they are, they can corrode and erode. And during this day, they didn't have banks, so people hid their treasure. They would, uh, you know, dig a hole or, you know, hide it in the walls or hide it, you know, in the floors. Or, you know, so you, they hid their treasure. And he said, look, here you are hiding treasure, and some burglar can come in and find your treasure. Folk out digging in your backyard, <laughs> trying to find your treasure. And so they'll find your treasure chest. He said, so a burglar can come in and steal your stuff. So, so nothing is safe and nothing is secure. Nothing, nothing is moth-proof. Nothing is rust-proof. Nothing is burglar-proof. Amen. It can change so quickly. Even, even the stock market, so volatile, changes so quickly. Amen. So, so everything that, that we place value on can shift on a dime, can turn on a dime. Amen. You can't hide it. Somebody can find it and take it from you. Amen, somebody. You can't design it in such a way where it's mangled proof. You, you, can't, you can't prevent it from eroding and corroding. Everything that we have has an expiration date. So he says, look, this is what you do. This stuff is going, uh, the moth is going to, you know, is going to eat it. The rust is going to destroy it. The thieves are going to break through and steal it. But, but he says in verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Whether neither moth nor rust destroys, or where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen, somebody. You would think that your heart wouldn't follow your treasure. Amen. 
that your treasure would follow your heart. But in essence, your heart follows your treasure. Amen, somebody. So, so why is this important to Jesus? You know, somebody said, we're talk, talking about money. and You know, pastors, preachers want your money. Well, I don't want your money. God doesn't either. He wants your heart. Amen, somebody. He wants your heart. So he knows that if, if, if I don't have your money, I really don't have your heart. Amen, somebody. Because what I attach my treasure to, my heart goes in that direction. I gravitate in that direction. It's a tentacle, an attachment. This is umbilical cord that's attached to my treasure. He said, look, I want to be on, 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 in that agenda where minutes and money are important and I am valuable in your sight. So if I'm valuable, you're willing to invest in me. Amen, somebody. You know, so, so it's more than just cars and boats and homes and clothes and jobs and salaries and vacations and books and buildings. Amen, somebody. All of that will rust out, blow up, fall apart. Guess what lasts forever? The word of God and people. We last forever. So if our focus is not on the word of God, and people, we are actually, you know, worshiping on, 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 on an altar that is, that is adulterous. Amen? Because our focus should be on the word. And guess, what, guess what Jesus said about himself relative to the word? I am the word made flesh, dwelling among you, full of grace and truth. So when I focus on the word, I'm focusing on Jesus. He's the word made flesh. He is the word. He's the logos as indicated in John's gospel. Amen? And when I focus on people, I'm focusing on something that's everlasting. We're going to live forever whether you want to or not. Amen? The question is, where are you going to be a resident? Amen. But you're going to live forever. Amen? You're going to morph into another reality. Amen? We live forever. The question is, where are you going to live? What? Where you gonna be, what place you gonna occupy? Are you gonna be occupied you know, with God, Jesus Christ, the community of believers, the, the priesthood of believers, the, the household of faith, that great cloud of witnesses? Amen, somebody. Are we gonna live throughout eternity in that sphere or in another? And the way we get there quicker is understanding that first I gotta come to Christ and then secondly, I gotta manage what he's given me properly. My minutes and my money. Amen, somebody. He's given us minutes and money, and how we spend our minutes and how we spend our money determines who our master is. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, money is a rival to God's preeminence, it is a rival to God's dominance. It is is a rival, especially in our culture, in this economy, in this, you know, this phenomenal marketing machine that's been created by the United States of America, this, this, this commercialized industry that, that has us wanting more and more and better and better and greater and greater. Amen? So the culture is, is designed uh, to... Uh, to, to take us away from God. Amen, somebody. You know, that's the reason that uh, people 
you know, if they're in their own thing, one thing they, they want to criticize the church for is they want your money. No, no, we don't want your money. We want your heart. Amen? Now, the scripture doesn't preclude me from having, I got to talk about money sometimes because my heart can be attached to this treasure. My, my treasure, my heart follows it. Amen, somebody. If I'm investing in something, I follow it. If I got some uh, dart and stock, I know it went down recently. Amen, went down $7 recently. <laughs> Amen, somebody. You know, so, so, if, I, so I got, if I got something, if I'm investing in something, I try to monitor and keep up with it. So he wants us to have an interest in what he has an interest in. He has an interest in the church of Jesus Christ. So he wants us to invest in the church of Jesus Christ so that you'll continue to have an interest in the kingdom. Amen, somebody. And money is not neutral. It wants to steal, to kill, to destroy. And Satan's got a good handle on the market. Amen, somebody. In other words, that's where he dabbles. He dabbles in the market. He dabbles in the financial arena. He dabbles in, in avarice and greed and millionaires and billionaires. He, he's in that area. That's why Jesus said it's difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's like a camel passing through the eye of a needle. In other words, it's tough because we're easily preoccupied and distracted, and it feeds into this mindset of wanting more and more. Amen? You know, the problem is that for some people, we know how to handle poverty. Amen? We get close to God then. Amen? We just don't know how to handle success, prosperity, being blessed. Amen? I mentioned some statistics a few Sundays ago about that most Americans spend up to 97% of their income. That's without saving or investing. 97%. 3% left. Amen, somebody? And it's getting worse. It's getting worse. And say most Christians give 3% of their income. And, 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 and other people give 2% to something. Not necessarily to the church. So, so there has to be a shift in mindset. You see what happens? You know, and, and it doesn't matter if I make 300,000, 200,000, 100,000. In America, most are spending 97% of their income. Amen? You know, and so I'm getting a bigger house. When I had a nice house in the first place. Amen, somebody. I'm getting the better furniture. The furniture I had was nice. I'm getting the newest technology. The technology I have is working. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Now, you need, to get out, you need to get rid of that flip phone, okay? <laughs> I'm just messing. The word of God says, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. What you are devoted to wins your heart. Amen? God wants devotion. He wants dedication. He wants commitment. He wants love. He wants sacrifice. And what he calls for us to give him, he's already given us. When he created us, he said, that is good. That's praise. He wants praise. He's already given you praise. He says, that's good. That's good. You are good. You have the potential to be good. You are my blessing. You are my children. I love you in spite of you. I've given, made provisions for your deliverance, for your salvation, for you to be set free. 
Praise God, I'm your father. I've adopted you, I've loved you, I've made you capable, able, I've accepted you, praise God, I've blessed you, I've called you, I cherish you, I've chosen you, you're my child. Amen, somebody. So all this God has made available to us. Now he's saying, how are you going to respond? Amen. And his grace is so magnificent. What do you mean by that? This forgiveness is phenomenal that he set in motion. Amen. You mean to say, I can get a clean slate, a new beginning in Christ. Amen. What's that going to cost me? Didn't cost me nothing because he paid the price. Paid the price for my cleansing, paid price, price for my purification, paid the price for my sanctification, paid the price for my holiness. He paid the price. He died that ignominious death on the cross so that we might have a right to the tree of life, praise God, so that we might be reconciled to the Father, that he atoned for our sins. He gave himself. He became the debt payer, paid our debt in full, praise God, paid our ransom so that we could be reborn and uh, repositioned and get a reset on life so that our hearts could be cleansed, our minds could be renewed, our relationships could be refurbished, praise God. He's that kind of God that loves us beyond us. Amen. So the question is, you know, you know, there's a song that talks about uh, how God looked at us and how, he, how in the world could he look at us, look, look at us and say, you know, he or she is to die for. Amen? Can you imagine? So the question is, what are you willing to die for? What are you willing to spend your life on? We're spending it on something. We're worshiping something, whether we realize it or not. The question is, are you worshiping the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Or is your worship, your focus, your attention on something else? Amen? But strength comes through worship of him. Strength comes through sacrificing to him. Strength comes through having faith in him, praise God. And guess what he says? He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if you seek him first, he says, I'll add other things to you. I'll meet your needs according to my riches and glories. I'll, I'll bless you. I'll open doors that no man can shut. Shut doors that no man can open, praise God. I'll bless you beyond measure, beyond what you can imagine or fathom or think or comprehend. Beyond all of that, beyond, beyond, I'll bless you in, in, in some powerful ways. I'll, I'll, I'll protect you. I'll liberate you. I'll set you free. I'll give you a purpose and a plan. That's my desire is to give you a plan and a purpose. Amen. So I won't be wandering aimless and purposeless, but I'll have the proper perspective of how I use my 10,000 minutes a week. You get 10,000 minutes a week. Amen, somebody. And, and this 95 minutes is hard for some of us. 95 minutes out of 10,000. I said, this right here, this service right here, going to be approximately 95 minutes. Really tough. Church want all your time. <laughs> I ain't got but the weekend. 
all I got. They want that. Man got me working real hard out here. <laughs> it's my only day to, react, to relax. First of all, it ain't your day, it's his. Not just the Sabbath, not just this holy day, but every day belongs to him because you are a gift from Almighty God. You are bought with a price. You belong to him. So you need to decide to give yourself back to him. Even when you give yourself back to him, you ain't gave him nothing because he created you. Amen, somebody. All you're doing is responding, responding to his grace, responding to his love, responding to his graciousness, responding to his sacrifice, responding to his creative force in the world to make a difference in our lives. Amen, somebody. So we teach about this, the money and the minutes so that we can get, make sure that the right master is on the throne. Who have you enthroned in your life? We all have enthroned some folk, some things, some places, some positions, some people that shouldn't be on the throne. Amen, somebody. Sometimes we put ourselves on the throne. Just sit back. I'm on the throne. I'm on my throne. Amen, somebody. But God is calling us to abdicate the throne. Somebody say abdicate it. Give it up. Let it go. Let him sit on the throne of your life. Put him first place in your life. Make sure he's first and foremost in your life. Praise God. And let it be tangible, demonstrable, manifested by minutes and money. Amen, somebody. So we ask, you know, what, what, what's needed? Amen. You know, well, it cost me money just to get over here. I had to buy some gas. Amen, somebody. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. It took you, a little, took you a little money to get here. And some folk will tell you, I ain't got no gas money. Amen, somebody. So, so it's a sacrifice just to get here before you even give an offering, before you consider giving your tithes. You know, then because of cultural, you know, Mm, written, written, written and unwritten laws. You got to spruce yourself up a little bit to come up in here. Y'all look good. Amen, somebody. So that means I got to pull out my outfit. I got to get it ready and all that kind of stuff. So it costs me something even to come in the house of God. Even though we're a more casual environment, you can wear jeans and a t-shirt. Amen, somebody. You can wear some shorts if you want to. Just make sure they ain't too high. You can put on your flip-flops. Amen, somebody. You know. <laughs> Come as you are. Amen. They had flip-flops on in Jesus' day. That's what they had on, some flip-flops. Amen, somebody. So, so we, can't, we can't ban flip-flops. That's what Jesus was sporting at the time. So it seems that the cultural pressure to conform and be what the world wants us to be, to be those things that the world says we ought to be, to, 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 to take on the identity of the world, clashes with God's purpose for your life. And God wants to give you a new purpose. He came to rescue us. He came to restore us. He came to deliver us. He came to save us. He came to bless us. 
He came to extend favor unto us. He came to free us up. He came to give us value and victory in the name of Jesus Christ. He came to bring us wisdom and insight and knowledge and discernment in the name of Jesus. He just doesn't want very much from us. Amen. Requirements are really kind of low in terms of what he wants. It's more do's than don'ts. Unfortunately, the church has become more popular for saying what you ought not do rather than what you should do. Amen, somebody. So God wants us to be about his business. Even at the age of 12, Jesus said himself, I must be about my father's business. That's what it's all about. Focusing in on the father, the son, and the spirit of God. Letting him into your heart and letting him have your way in your life and in your soul, in your heart, in the management of resources, money and minutes, money and minutes, God have your way. When you give way to him, when you get these first steps out of selfishness, first steps out of possessiveness, first steps out of avarice and greed, first steps out of covetousness, one of the sins of the, of the first, in the first 10 commandments, when we divorce ourselves from materialism and this, the corruption of more and more, God can then use our hearts and bless our minds and give us contentment and joy that we never realized we could have. Amen. Are you content today? Let me, let me postulate. If you're not content today, it's because we're out of focus. We're not focusing on the matters that really matter. And the matter that matters is Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus. Come on, somebody cheer up. Say a cheer for me. Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. Amen. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Jesus. He's the light of the world. Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, my King and my Prince. Jesus, the source of hope life. Jesus, the source of life and eternal life. Jesus, the one who's going to prepare a place for me that where he is, I might be there also. Jesus, my Savior, the one who has a mansion ready for me on the other side. So I don't have to be jealous about mansions on this side because mansions on this side are going to be dilapidated in time. They're going to erode and corrode but the mansion that God is building is going to last throughout eternity. Praise God. So I want to be in that place. I want to be in that space. I want to be in those moments. I want to be have that connection to a God that loves me more than life. Literally, he loves me more than life. That's how much God loves me. That's how much God loves you better than life. I want to invite somebody today, everybody stand to the glory of Almighty God to make a decision to respond. Say, here I am, Lord. Take me, use me, mold me, shape me. Have your way. I yield, I surrender, I submit to you. You don't have to feel a certain way. You don't have to meet any pre-qualifications. Come just as you are. He is a place for you. Placement in the kingdom's itinerary, in the kingdom's agenda. That he wants to achieve 
in you. He's got a place for you. And one of the places that he has for you to grow, to develop, to mature, to flourish is the church of Jesus Christ. This is his place. This is your place. We invite you to come into the house, to be a part of the family, to connect with what he's connected to. And that's the church. He's connected to us. He said, and if he said it, that settles it. He says, if two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. He's here right now. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he is in our midst because we have gathered in his name. And we must gather. The word says, don't neglect the gathering. So we invite you to gather. We invite you to come. We invite you to connect. We invite you to be a part of the family, to partner with us, to be a member, to connect with what God is doing through this church, through Rejoice in the Lord Ministries. It's a good place to sow seed. Seed is flourishing here. And we are thankful. And we give him the honor and the praise and glory for it. We invite you to accept him, to know him, to embrace him. We invite you to connect with the family, to be a part of it. We invite you to be filled with his spirit. The spirit of the living God fall fresh on your people. Touch them, anoint them, elect them, select them, send them out in you. We invite you to come. Every heart praying all over the house. We're going to worship for a few moments. It's decision time. You can step out in the aisles and come forward. Amen. If you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. That's what the word says. We invite you to come. Every heart praying, every heart worshiping. Jesus. 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 Could you have? 
That's what he was talking about today. It's about the heart. Thank you for Jesus. You have captured my heart. Soon my heart with your love. 